Hello and welcome to the Bold Truth Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about technology and how that relates to our faith and personhood. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Bold Truth Podcast, hosted by Ryan Frampton and Luke Osberg, shining the light of truth and all the BS of the world. Let's get thinking from BS to Bold Truth. Hello and welcome to the Bold Truth Podcast on another great Monday night full of snow outside, even though it's early November. How do you feel about that, Luke? I'm feeling pretty excited, ready for a good winter. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of... Growing up in Montana, you're still a fan of the winter and snow and everything? It's just a fact of life. That's what it's become. But it's a beautiful thing. It shows the rise, rising and also death within the seasons themselves. So. <laughs> Surely even in beauty, we can still find pain and suffering, though, no? Yes, true. All right. That's part of it is it's redemptive. I suppose. That was a lot deeper than I thought that (laughs) would go. (laughs) Um, So we are going to be talking about technology today. Um, Luke, do you have any just first points you want to get started on or why you kind of wanted to go over this topic? I have my own opinion on why I wanted to do this, but... What what do you think? Why is this important to talk about today? I think in a world that seeks progress continuously, um, talking about technology is of utmost importance because it really questions whether or not we are called to simply focus on progress. Um, I'm of the mindset that if we just focus on progress, we're missing a lot of life. Uh, So technology to me isn't the greatest goal. And progress in that realm is not the greatest goal I can have in my life, Um, which I see a lot of people in our world seeing as just continual progress being their main goal of living, which once they get to the end of life, what have have they lived for (laughs) aside for something that is not going to remain forever? Right. Progress is great until you're dead. Yeah. Yep. Um, No, there has to be some sort of a spiritual progress, if you will, or a um, a growing progress in our faith that actually promotes real progress in the most real sense. And the most real sense of progress is um, progress in our heart and our soul. Um, A conversion from the, the wicked ways to turning towards the better. Correct. Correct. Um, I think a good place to start maybe would just be talking about um, relation in our personhood, in our world, and how we value the relationships in our world and what technology is doing to relationship. Mm. Um, We are made um, and called to be in relation, really, with God. Like, what we have with God is a relationship. How we grow with people is through relationship, and how we even grow in our spiritual life is through relationship uh, with others as well. And we can see that in the church and communion and all sorts of different Right. Our our very being itself is built on relationality, number one, in that like our parents had to join each other for us to be born. And they also had to raise us. We had to be raised by humans. Mm. Uh, And number two, uh, just that God had to know us in order for us to exist. He has to know uh, our existence. He has to call us into relation with him Mm. in order for us, our very being to be. Right. And and the aspects that were given by God um, that make up our humanness, such as um, verbal communication, our, our senses of seeing, listening, hearing, this all plays into how we become relational, relational with others. Um, and through that re- relationality, 
forms love. But what we see is we see technology breaking this relationality that we have between humans. Um, So I don't want to go so far as to say like the the form of love that we create through um, our relations is broken, but it's definitely dulled. It'd be hard to fully say it's not. Um, There are advantages though that could help in the relation. So for example, uh, I'm at college and my parents are back home and I'm able to contact them more uh, versus if I didn't have technology, I would not be able to contact them more and keep the relation. But where's the line drawn here? I think it becomes the point of if we're looking at technology as being the end of all things, like if we're uh, looking for progress just for the sake of progress, which in itself is redundant and you end up making no grounds uh, on anything in your life in the end except for just progress that continually usurps other progress, um, which ultimately is going to come to a demise. Um, and when when either uh, it's destroyed and lost to time or when humans are destroyed or uh, when you die, eventually all progress is going to come to naught, um, as we talked about at the beginning. Um, and it, that's this is what happens when you place progress as the end all above all. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, that's 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 the main line. Yeah. Um, so, so what's the danger in technology? I think, I think we can both acknowledge a lot of good that comes from technology. Technology should not be something that we need to stop and people should not use technology. It can be great. Yeah. Like, but but when does it become dangerous? When it detaches us from the relationality that we have with people, when we put it before people, Mm -hmm. essentially, um, for an, an example, the nuclear weapons, when they're working on nukes in the Manhattan Project, it's largely for the sake of technology, for seeing how smart or how how big a weapon can we actually make? Mm-hmm. How many advancements can we get past here scientifically? When what they lost was that, what is the purpose of this? Yeah, Is it for the relationality between humans to improve it? Or is it something that's going to cause the relations to fray. Sure. And I think that's a large portion is wh- at what point do we put technology above relationality? And that can be real danger. We see this with a lot of social media nowadays, how it separates us from being physically present to other people. People are supposed to be physically present to other people, to relate with other people. There's a reason that we have bodies. Um, if, if we didn't have bodies, we might as well just be pure spirits, but that's not the way we are. We, we have bodies. We're supposed to be around other, other people, and that's how we're supposed to, that's how we learn how to relate with other people too. Our parents are physically present to us uh, in growing up, and that's, that's just the way it is. We learn to relate to people as our parents relate to us physically. And so if we just have ourselves in our own little social media world, not connected physically, all becomes head games. It all just becomes what's going on up there, and uh, we kind of lose track of uh, being with people, learning how to relate to them, uh, how to, to read their emotions in a physical way, um, which, like, emotions are something that cannot be conveyed truly over uh, social media platforms. Sure, there's random new things like connecting people to sensory things via social media or some sort of internet device and sending little, I guess, impulses 
to trigger various sensories. Um, but at the same time, you're not actually connecting to a person there. You're just connecting to uh, what is conceived of as a person when sure. it's actually, it actually isn't. Um, yeah. And there's a very much a realness, a requirement for the, the actual physical presence around people. Absolutely. And I, I think with another danger that comes off of that is, so we have, we just, we just talked about how we relate with others and how technology get in the way, but also there's a danger in how we say our relationships with our own original and pure nature. So for example, we see, uh, us always being distracted and a part of who we are is being thinking people and thinking, discerning, rationalizing through life. Um, we are created to do that and created a reason through our lives. But when we have things in our lives that are constantly not not allowing for true rationalization and thinking, whether it be social media putting ideas in our head or us just spending so much time on our phones or on technology that it's not allowing us to actually discern and rationalize through things, we're taking away from our nature. Um, a more just a example at face value of seeing this is people not wanting to sleep in silence anymore. Mm. They want to play music now in the background or have white noise. So at, like at the most basic level, sleeping in our nature is now being compromised by a technology. Yeah. We're having to implement technology in one of the most basic means of our original self and what we are as humans. Yeah, another thing is just taking the phone to the bathroom and texting while yeah, you're pooping. Right, exactly. Like pooping like, should be just something that that's just what it is. It's just pooping. Walking, doesn't, it doesn't require anything walking, else. If you, if you look at kids on a on college campuses, I do the same. Everybody has AirPods in. Everybody's listening to music while they're walking. Um, just be honest. You know, most people, when they're at home alone, they eat a meal in front of a TV. Yeah. You know, they don't want to just sit and look at a wall or look out the window and eat their meal and just think. But that's how it's been for thousands of years, right? And we see this technology. Now, every part of our human necessities is coupled with technology, which the problem with that, like just that is not really an issue. The problem is, is when we become de dependent on the technology, right? Right. Where we need or we need music in the bathroom background to, to sleep, we need to watch TV when we eat, and then we get into the relationship part. So then when we're eating you know, with technology all the time, then when we go back to eating at a table with our family, it's not the same. We don't, get, we don't know how to speak and how to have relationships like we used to know how to. Through this virtual technology, it's like we lose track of how to relate to others uh, by losing track of how we relate to ourselves. Um, if we if we don't know how we how to be ourself by just ourself, how are we to know how to be ourself around other people? Right. When we're alone, if we don't know how to how to be ourselves when we're alone, we can't know how to be ourselves around others. It's just as, yeah. as simple as that. Um, like we got we got to know ourselves, and if we can't know ourselves to the point that we're uncomfortable sitting with ourselves, um, then that shows a sign that we have something about ourselves that we need to look into more deeply. We need to contemplate. We need to engage um, our reasoning about our own self in a way that goes beyond just what the virtual world presents to us. And it goes beyond uh, the, the sort of artificial world that we seek through this virtual technology. Right. So, yeah. So 
we have this longing for technology. And with that is um, when we get our lives to be coupled and to be um, through technology, it doesn't allow for, oh, how do I say this? Technology a lot of times is made for comfort, right? Uh, with some examples, we have massaging well, seats in cars, backup yeah. cameras, like all these things that make our life so much more efficient and easy and comfortable. Like you can look to really primitive examples too. Like, uh, for example, the uh, modern plow makes it a lot easier than using an older plow. Or a shovel. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or a car instead of a horse. Yeah. I mean, so technology. And there, there's, I mean, it's not a bad thing though, right? If you're looking at it just at face value, it is not bad for a rise in technology that makes our lives more efficient and easy. Again, the issue becomes like, are we then putting ourselves in a mindset where we want our whole lives to be comfortable and easy? We see, uh, we see kids um, growing up in really easy families and easy lives, right? And they're not learning the, the virtues of hard work and stuff. There's that one saying, hard times create strong men. Strong men create good times. Good times create weak men. And then weak men create hard times. Mm. So it's kind of talking like not that that cycle necessarily is always continual and always happening, but I think the principles principle that we're trying to talk about is there that when we're given, when we become strong through our discomfort, which would come from a lack of dependency on technology is what we're trying to say. It would, it it creates good times, but then when we are totally wrapped up in the good times, it creates for weak men and women. And those weak men and women are not able to sustain good times because then it recreates hard times because they don't know how to live their lives through the necessity of just human nature. They're always dependent. They can never be their own man or woman. Yeah, you see it a lot in society, just an ebb and flow. Like, um, I guess um, World War II was a time where uh, you see this greatly. There's lots of hard times being made. Um, and we, uh, do the hard times, uh, make, try and make good times. And then when the good time people grow up in the good times, they are rather weak. And <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm going to say it, the seventies, that's the sixties and seventies are kind of a fruit of, uh, some of the difficult times through the forties and early fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, the seventies is wild. And then you kind of see a, a kind of a change back through the 90s and early 2000s and i'd say that now you're starting to see some hard times again Um, yeah for sure but um yeah it's just like there's an ebb and flow always it's kind of like a pendulum going back and forth you gotta there's there's a really a good balance that you have to find eventually it seems that society is always going from one extreme to the other extreme though yeah um back on track to the technology thing though um i think it's important to also see that there can be other reasons for technology besides just making things easier. Um, sometimes, sometimes the the laziest people in society are some of the most effective at producing good technologies. That's for the sake of efficiency. So it can come from laziness. It can certainly come from pride. Um, I'd say the Manhattan Project was something that was just human pride, hmm. just seeing how far can we, how far can we think this. Um, I'm sure a lot of it's money-driven, along with pride as well. Yeah, greed, just a desire for something that we don't have that um, some people may think is going to bring lots of goodness, but in the end, it 
just doesn't. Humans can't create salvation, salvific goodness. Right. We can't do it on our own. We're, we're broken and messed up. Yeah. So to think that we can technology is going to fix everything is just wrong. And I think that's where technology can come and play too. Is placing it at a higher place. I guess in all cases, technology is wrong. Placing it in a place that it shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, the placing it above relations. Um, placing it above being alone, uh, just suffering through things. In this case, uh, placing it above um, like the grace of God. Technology can't fix us. It absolutely can't. Yeah. How often do we see that? Like just we're suffering, what technology can fix it? Yeah. It's so common. Like even nowadays with the, the cryogenics and freezing your body to one day yeah. hope to have it. I mean that, but even just like in the mental realm, like when I'm feeling... I'm being honest, when I'm feeling like sad or don't really want to, I'm feeling anxious about something, I usually just go watch YouTube mm. for the purpose of getting my mind off of what I was thinking about. Yeah. That's problematic. Yeah. Because then I'm not wrestling with this. I'm just going to keep putting it aside until what? Like until it becomes a real issue and then I never dealt with it. And um, it's, you know, technology is used so, again, so much for good, but also just so much for um, a, a lack of suffering or like keeping us away from our suffering. Mm. We've talked about it a lot, but suffering's, suffering is very good. Yep, suffering can be a language of love. When people suffer, when people share in each other suffer, it's when they really connect. And also when we share in suffering for the sake of God, it's when we can really connect with Him too. Yeah. Um, on that point, let's take a quick break and we'll get back to you guys right after this break. All right, everybody, we're going to jump back in this episode on technology uh, for the kind of the rest of the episode we'll be talking about a general theme of um, what direction are we headed towards if society stays on the same track with technology um, it's which it seems it seems to me that if society keeps doing what we what we're doing with technology now we're gonna end up just continually enslaving ourselves more and more and more to this idea of progress just as humans have been enslaved to it for the past however long we've been alive on earth. Yeah. No, absolutely. And then just in general, we've been talking about just dependency. We'll see an increase in dependency though. Um, right now, at least for me, it's, it seems pretty manageable as I, although I don't live the common life, I mean, I'm pretty, um, I do think about a lot and I'm pretty spiritually driven, but, um, I do feel the increase in dependency occurring. Uh, and I definitely see it around me in our society. So just just an increase in that in that dependency. Um, when have you read Fahrenheit four fifty one? I haven't before. Oh, you haven't? No. Oh, so it's this it's this uh, book about. Um, I read it like seven years ago, so I can't remember all the details. But essentially, there's this huge increase in technology, and this guy wrote it when uh, TVs were kind of starting to come out, and he was seeing like you know people's living rooms used to be with couches all facing each other, so people were talking to each other. And he starts seeing um, living rooms be turns that the couches are all facing the TV. And so he started noticing these like increases in technologies. And then he wrote for Fahrenheit 451 as a book of what is going to occur in the future. Hmm. And basically Fahrenheit 451 is the temperature at which paper burns. And these police and the government are burning all of the books uh, in society. And there's this um, radio channel and uh, movies that are all driving people to do certain things 
and um, it's kind of taking over the, the, their lives. Like people are always having these headphones on and always listening to the broadcasting and the news and the and the radio, and they're getting fed this information, and then they're going out and just doing heinous acts that are completely immoral. But it's because technology is driving their lives. Hmm. So rather than uh, reading books, talking to people, uh, having you know uh, increasing in knowledge and truth, they're just being fed their truth from false. Uh, entities whatever it is and um you see people in the book just kind of becoming dead hmm. a little bit like they they just sleep and just listen all day and they and uh the the main character's wife is just always in bed just listening in her headphones to the it was called like the seashell or the clamshell which is the radio um station that was going on but um where was i going with that oh yeah so that's a very extreme example but we see like an increase in dependency like that and as this increase in dependency occurs, as the book was talking about, there's going to be um, uh, it, uh, the desire to know truth or to strive for truth is going to begin going away. Mm-hmm. We're not going to see people having discussions like we're having right now. We're not going to see people reading older texts and older books from previous great thinkers from the past. I think that's for the fact that if you can make a virtual world around yourself that just reflects things that you like you're in a constant sounding room never escaping uh and you're essentially trapped yeah people I, can speak to you but you're not going to know how to respond to it because you're always surrounded by things that you want yourself i talk about that a lot with people on social media and how they only follow accounts that they like mm. or people they like so a conservative person usually almost always follows very conservative uh, pages and they're always being fed just this information of what they love to hear and it's kind of like we're just being fed our own selfish desires and our own likings there's never a i don't know hit in the face of like oh maybe this there is another side to explore here you know mm-hmm. we're just being fed what we what we like to hear right it doesn't allow for growth i think um the the sounding room too uh is kind of seen just like it's kind of funny with Elon Musk taking over Twitter now. I'm interested. I'm interested to see how that kind of turns out. To see if it becomes a place where more thoughts are shared, or if it just becomes a more um, disagreeing platform where people are at, at arms against each other as well. Um, but like with most social medias, it's like you said, people are in their own groups, and the groups are just constantly going back and forth with each other and people get support from people in their own group yep. and always just clash with other people. And these drives, the people see these online things and they end up not talking to people in person because of what the people said online, which I don't think we should ever take someone for their word online before you take them for their word in person. Yeah, um, the, sure. the, whatever you see online is a mis, a misconstruing of the reality of the matter. Always. Um, emotions carry differently in person. You're going to see what the person means a lot more differently in person than what you can conceive that what they're saying online, um, which is a scary thing with technology. Is just like we've talked about before, not understanding people. Yeah, and, uh, I'll ask you this question. I already know your answer based on what you just said, but um, a lot of people say that technology makes us smarter. It increases knowledge, and you'd probably say no to that then, right? Yeah, I think uh, technology, I mean, Technology shows like knowledge, like the the creation of it itself is something that 
uh, we get to do with the brains that we have. But it itself, I don't think, can create knowledge. I am fairly 100% positive that uh, people are just as bad as pursuing truth now as they were way, way, way back when. Yeah. We humans have a, a difficulty in seeking to seek the truth. And if seeking the truth is ultimate goal in our lives, it's, yeah, it's always been a struggle. We humans have a darkened intellect and a weakened will. So we, hmm. we always have an issue seeking the truth. Yeah. I think another thing that uh, the direction that we headed towards with technology um, can kind of be seen from the aspect where we talked a little bit about, about with the Manhattan Project, how humans can destroy humans with technology. Um, like all wars have been fought with increasingly different technologies. Um, so you go way back when probably the first battles were little clubs and air bow and arrows. Yeah. <laughs> and then you kind of get further and further advanced. You see swords, you see uh, pyro tactics, you see um, cannons. Um, Rifles. And yeah. Then- now, bombs and yeah, now we're airstrikes and yes. there's there's a book out there it's called a canticle for Leibowitz. it's a good commentary on technology so any of our listeners i i highly recommend the read um and also the technology and its relation to the human person um, but in it this society gets so full of itself it ends up destroying each other through nuclear warfare just because they have the technology and they're able to and um people were at some certain people didn't like other people because they weren't as connected to them and they destroyed pretty much all society with these nukes. And then society kind of re- begins anew in some preserved peoples who managed to escape the fallout. Um, but it continues to grow and grow, and it goes through similar things where everyone's just pursuing technology, pursuing more advances. Um, and they look past the simplicity of things, of just good living with eating, sleeping, praying, yeah. uh, doing good, just life-producing work instead of, a work that makes life easier. Yeah. Um, and people start to make do work that makes life easier instead of just the good life-producing work, and that becomes their focus again. And the book ends with them coming to the exact same point of nuclear destruction, humans <laughs> destroying humans. Um, I th- so I think there's a large connection between technology and war and violence in that sense too. Um, like the military has always been a huge source of pushing towards new technologies. The internet itself was a product of the military. Really? Yeah, it's called the ARPANET. Um, originally, the military was trying to find better communication strategies and the internet. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. So you were talking about that book there, and how they're going to all nuke each other and everything. What, is, what do you think technology does to our morality, our sense of oughtness, um, how we were, you know, we were growing up with some moral code how does technology twist that code that we have? If technology begins to make life comfortable for a single human person, then if it then it'll show us how to number one, how to just rely on our own self or what we think is our own self for happiness, creating our own little bubbles, yeah. um, which then disconnects us from others, disconnects us from God. And if we're disconnected from God, then we can't connect to others well, and we can't connect to God well which that's the centrality of morality is how are we living our life towards God and towards being with others and loving others, living in that charity. Um, And a world full of our own self is not charity. There is no sacrifice there. It's all me, 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 uh, which is what Satan said when he fell. (laughs) Uh, Just 
the pride being the beginning of all sins. So in a world that we can make for ourselves, that's a world full of pride. Um, I, don't, I, I don't want to be the one sitting on the throne of my life. I want God to dethrone me and to, take, to have my life. Uh, I want him, him to be the center of my life, not myself. If I put this, myself as the center of my life, I, just could have, I have all these desires and I can't satisfy myself by, with my own self. Mm. It's impossible. Um, it's, yeah. it's just foolish, but it becomes this trap of, oh, that, that was a good, good pleasure. I think if I did it again, um, it might be a better pleasure. And that trap just continues and continues um, with a, an addiction to technology, an addiction to progress is seeking our own self. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do <laughs> um, you have any more questions you want to talk about, Luke, at all? Um, one thing I think that's really big, uh, and I, I can't emphasize this enough, um, we talked about technology is itself is it in itself not a bad thing. Like having good medicine is a good thing. Um, yeah. But shoes yeah. are a great thing. Yeah. Like there are so many good uses of technology. They're probably more than bad uses. Yeah, when we've seen through progress. When we put creation before the creator or creation before us, like before relating with people that's when we start to see issues. Hmm. And that's the case with pretty much all things that you can be addicted to. So you put, you put it before God, you put it before others, other people. It's, it becomes an addiction, it becomes um, an abuse. And that's how you get down these bad rabbit holes of uh, <laughs> nuclear war yeah. or of being addicted to Facebook or something like that. But like technology can help us in our path to God as well. If we use it correctly, right. we can see, oh, let me think. I mean, uh, the, the chosen, think of the chosen, the amount of people I've seen, seen that show, um, through it's only done through technology. Um, right. Like, but yeah. the amount of people have seen that show and thought, felt they felt God calling to them through their shows. How about new example. musical instruments that have produced feelings in the heart that draws towards God? Yeah. Through sacred music, we have, um, increase in machinery that helps us build more beautiful chapels and cathedrals across the world and uh, microphones that help project the voice of pastors, um, lights in churches to help show, you know, we can see the pastor and the people. I mean, there's so many different uses of technology that draw us to God, but there's just so many that take us away from God as well. And yeah. honestly, like, besides for calling and texting, a phone pretty much almost always draws us away from god unless right. you have your bible app open you're reading yeah, scripture yeah, on yeah. your phone i mean there's there's not much on a phone that draws us to god yeah it's like we look at that example and for me my first inclination in regards to, to technology is to keep it simple um don't surround yourself with it you don't need it um that's like always first thing in my mind I, if, if if i try to be overcomplicated with it then like I'll be looking at all these cool new apps on my phone and trying to figure them out and all of a sudden I'm addicted to them and it's just nope. a downhill spiral. But just keep it simple and just yeah. don't let the technology become something that you idolize or something that you place in a greater position than it's worthy of. Because yeah. it's not worthy of that. It's a simple product of work. It's, that's, that's what it is of human hands. 
Yeah, and it's almost like it, it just takes over your life. I, the stupidest thing, uh, now that I've really come to think about this point, the stupidest thing to me is people following and watching videos of other people doing stuff. Yeah, like, like why so, don't you do it yourself? Yeah, like, like okay, so we're going to live our lives through a screen watching somebody else live our lives, and we're going to go lay in bed and, like, you know, like Twitch and watching streamers, like, yeah. play video games? So you're going to sit and watch a person play video games in a... Okay, so you are living in a different reality when that person is living in a different reality through video games. Right. Right? It's just... It's crazy. Like, we're like... I'm just like, man, like, we just need to live our own lives. Yeah, there's no realness there. It's all I mean, just... I almost want to say, like, like, people shouldn't even listen to podcasts. Yeah. Like, our podcast. Like, live your own life. If, like, if you're listening to this and, it, and if you're at a point where, like, I'm getting rid of technology... Stop listening to this podcast, please. Yeah, please. Do yourself a favor. At least ours is pointing towards truth, hopefully. But still, like your own thinking and your own rationalizing and your own reading of ancient good texts and scripture and worship are far, far, far better than listening to a podcast, even if it's right. about truth and Catholicism and Christianity and everything. Yeah, this, this can be a bridge, but this can't be the thing itself. Ultimately... I hope that this podcast someday has zero listeners because everyone has turned away from this sort of thing. That would be that'd be pretty cool. And we're all engaged instead in good, active, in-person discussion with one another. That yes. would be beautiful. That'd be amazing. And then people won't need things like, or not even need, people won't want things like this because yeah. they have it in their realness of life. Let's, yeah. let's seek reality. Let's seek reality. Exactly. All right. Well... We're wrapping up here. Ryan, I have a quick, fun little fun fact for you. All right, this is, this is a fact that I got to answer a question to or just yeah. fact? Okay. Okay. So this is kind of related to, tech te to technology and the production of certain technologies. About how many gallons of water are used to produce the average car to the nearest? Or how, plus, many, how many gallons of water are used to produce the average car? Yeah, plus or minus 2,000 gallons. Hmm. I, I've never really thought about how water is used to produce cars, but plus or minus two thousand gallons. Holy yeah. smokes! I'll say, I'll say twenty-one thousand gallons. Thirty-nine thousand gallons of water. And where is that used? For, I have for no washing clue. paint. But it's it's kind of funny. It's like we make cars that use so much water that we could be using, and maybe maybe if we didn't have cars. Using water would be easier because we wouldn't be using all that water for the cars instead. <laughs> That's so interesting. In that case, maybe technology is inefficient. There you go. I have a fun question for you. I actually just thought of I heard this the other day, but my dad used to ask me this when I was a kid. All right. Okay. It's actually a spelling question. Oh. Okay. Uh, how do you spell spigot? Definition, please. <laughs> a small peg or plug, especially for insertion into the vent of a cask. S P I G G O T. No, but that was really close. It's S P I G O T. Oh, wow. Okay, so usually I, when I was a kid, I used to be like, oh, S P I Q U E T, or like spigot, you know, not spigot, you know. Yeah. I don't know. That was All right, thanks. One. <laughs> All right, thanks, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, thanks everyone for listening uh, to the podcast. We really appreciate the listens. Although we do hope they go down over time due to people. Uh, getting more in touch with their own reality. 
If you have any questions for us, you can go ahead and email us at theboldtruth at gmail.com. And we are going to head out. Again, thanks for the listen. All right, everybody. Remember, keep on thinking from BS to bull truth. See ya.